Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. After last year being the best for U.S. solar yet, there's lots of excitement around the industry as we start off 2015. Much of that excitement will center around what's happening on the component level. So today we have Mark Kanjorski of Amped with us to share some of his predictions for inverters this year. So Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me, Kathy. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. Mark, can you begin by telling us briefly about Amped and its role in the solar industry? Sure. Amped makes DC power optimizers that are used in large and utility-scale PV power plants. Our DC optimizers are put on each string of PV modules to lower the total upfront cost of PV systems and to increase the overall performance. AMP works with project developers and EPCs to design these optimized systems and to lower the overall cost of PV energy. We're also a partner in the HDPV Alliance, which is an alliance of some of the leading players in solar. Listeners can learn about that at hdpv.org. Thank you, Mark. Now, I know that one of the trends you see for 2015 concerns raising system voltages to 1,500 volts. What is driving the industry to consider 1,500 volt systems? The cost of solar energy has fallen dramatically over the past few years, remarkably, really. And, in fact, now the unsubsidized, whether it's fee and tariffs or other forms of government-enabled subsidies, the unsubsidized cost of solar is now so competitive with fossil fuels in some markets that subsidies are no longer a requirement. However, to be more competitive, companies across the industry are looking for innovative ways to lower LCOE. LCOE is the levelized cost of energy, which is essentially the expected lifetime cost of the system compared to its output or cents per kilowatt hour. In any event, kind of back to your question, there are two approaches to lowering the cost of energy, and that is either lower the, the upfront cost of the system or increase the performance of the system. And the recent discussions and trends toward higher voltage or 1,500-volt systems is really focused on lowering the cost of the system as a way to lower LCOE. The logic behind moving to higher voltage systems is that it, it promises to lower the component costs. For example, moving from a 1,000-volt system to a 1,500-volt system allows 50% more modules to be connected in series in a string of PV modules, which can reduce the number of parallel connections and associated hardware by about 32%. As well, moving to a 1,500-volt system allows the inverter to operate at a higher power and promises a 10 to 40% increase in inverter-rated power and cost per watt savings base. What are the challenges you see in moving to higher voltage PV systems? Certainly the intent of moving to higher voltage systems is to lower the cost of the components in the system. As you mentioned, there are some challenges to moving to higher voltage systems and actually realizing the goal of lower cost PV. One of the first challenges is it's going to be difficult to realize the hopeful cost savings today simply because there are a limited quantity of components or offering of components that are rated at 1,500 volts, and so there really aren't that many choices. And those choices that are available in the market 
are not necessarily priced at a point to let a system designer realize the promise of lower cost system by moving to 1500 volts. Second, there are some unknowns with respect to the impact of higher voltages on the reliability of components, notably PV modules and inverters. And so the development of 1500 volt rated components and the industry's perception of reliability are still developing at this point. And then third, there's uncertainty around the adoption of electrical codes in different markets. So taken together, the promise of moving to higher voltages is there. But right now, the ability and, and wisdom of upgrading the entire bill of materials to consist of 1,500-volt components is a significant undertake and maybe somewhere off in the future. Given some of the obstacles to moving to 1,500-volt systems, what else do you see as helping the industry to lower system costs? There is an alternative to moving to 1,500-volt but it still achieves the same cost. And, and this is something my company knows a lot about. We make DC power optimizers, and the cost savings of adding our string optimizers to a 1,000-volt system is the equivalent of having a 2,000-volt system. So what we found is that for those who are thinking about the benefits of moving to a 1,500-volt system, an alternative is to instead design systems using DC power optimizers that use all 1,000-volt rated components, which are widely available, and never exceed 1,000 volts, but get the economic benefits of a 2,000-volt system, which is, of course, beyond 1,500 volts. So in the case of our string optimizers, we double the string length of a system, so 100% more modules compared to, say, 50% more modules that you would have in a 1,500-volt system. Similarly, on the inverter savings with the string optimizers in a 1,000-volt system, you can increase the rated power of an inverter from 40 to 70% compared to moving to a 1,500-volt system and, and maybe increasing the rated power of the inverter by 10 or 40%. So really, the value proposition promise of 1,500-volt systems is true, perhaps far off because of the availability of components, but the alternative of moving to a string-optimized system at 1,000 volts is something that's possible today. Thank you, Mark. So the U.S. isn't the only one going through this. Is there anything else that we can learn from other solar markets in other parts of the world about making the switch? I think so. You know, one of the complications to developing and deploying 1,500-volt components in the United States is that they're not yet compliant standards. And once there are compliance standards, it will, of course, take time to get products through the testing process. So I think these two factors will delay manufacturer investment in 1,500-volt products and ultimately delay adoption. Now, of course, it is important to ensure that products are adequately tested for safety and quality. Outside of the United States, the standards and compliance process seems to be quite streamlined and effective. I think there might be something for here in the United States to learn from that. Uh, on the other hand, players in the United States are quite open to innovation and feel very comfortable when it comes to not just creating 
new technology, but also evaluating new technology and, and making informed judgments on the risk-reward of adopting those new approaches to be more competitive. So I think probably in the United States we can learn from the streamlining of compliance and testing process, perhaps making self-certification a little bit more attainable here, as well as I think other markets can maybe learn from us in the adoption of new technology. AMP works with partners and customers all over the world, and certainly our common goal is is to lower system costs and improve performance. So I think learning both directions. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next trend, which is using more string inverters instead of central and large solar projects. So can you explain more about why the market is trending this way, Mark? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, LCOE, or Levelized Cost of Energy, is the metric of merit when evaluating the economics of solar. So LCOE looks at the cost of the system, but also the expected lifetime energy. An example where the effort to lower LCOE is focused primarily on improving performance is in this recent trend of using string inverters in larger and larger PV power plants, maybe up to the 10 megawatt range. And this trend does run counter to historical practices. Historically, the cost of central inverters was so much lower than the cost of string inverters that for systems of any large scale, it was just inconceivable to think that you would pay for string inverters, despite the fact that they offer a premium performance. But, you know, the cost of string inverters has come way down, and developers recognize that string inverters have a higher resolution, what we call maximum power point tracking, which is the capability to better balance the DC side electrical performance of a system and generate more energy. So now that string inverter prices have come down, the trade-off between the extra cost of the string inverter and the electrical design of the system is, in some markets, outweighed by the performance premium. Large systems with string inverters are still more expensive on, on day one, but in markets where value of energy is at a premium, it's now more reasonable and use them in larger and larger systems. Definitely makes sense. Lastly, I'd like to talk about the final trend that you see for inverters, which is using string optimizers in projects along with the central inverters to lower the cost and improve performance. So how is doing so different than simply using string inverters for larger projects, as you previously mentioned? Right. And actually, this kind of dovetails with the previous question about using string inverters in larger systems. So the desire to increase the performance of systems is significant. Using string inverters increases the maximum power point tracking at a system level. Well, using string optimizers like, like those that AMP makes sort of has the same outcome. In fact, AMP string optimizers will do maximum power point tracking on every 10 modules of a PV system compared to maybe the dozens or hundreds of a string inverter or the thousands of a central inverter. So with string optimizers, you are putting this capability even deeper into the array than, say, using string inverters. And so, in summary, string optimizers paired with a central inverter will provide an even better performing system. So that's on the performance side. 
Um, on the cost side, as referenced earlier, putting string optimizers in a system doubles the number of modules per string, which cuts the uh, cost of combiners and system wiring typically 30 or 40 percent or up to 50 percent, and helps reduce the cost of central inverters by increasing their rated power. So the cost of the central inverter goes down uh, 30 to 40 percent. Increase in energy generation, the decrease in cost of string optimizers with central inverters sort of gets you the best of both worlds. You've got the very low cost system design. You've got the more granular MPP tracking. It becomes a true spend less, get more value proposition for the largest systems out there. Really, if you step back, is sort of relates to the to both the 1500 volt trend and the trend to string inverters. But in, in our case, we're achieving lower cost systems without having to go to 1500 volts and without having to go to higher cost string inverters. So we're, we're sort of getting the best of both worlds, as I said. All right. Again, we've been speaking with Mark Kondorski of Amped, and we'd like to thank him again for his insight into inverters in 2015. So thank you, Mark. I I look forward to seeing what's to come. Thank you, Kathy. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Absolutely. This has been another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time. (laughs) 